Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there, and welcome to the Syrupcast. The Syrupcast is a podcast by Mobile Syrup, Canada's largest independent tech website, in which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. This is episode 175. We're recording it on Thursday, July 19th, 2018. Apologies for the two-week absence. We've had to sort out some logistical nightmares, but we're back and excited to talk about the uh, dread dream that is Canadian telecom. Uh, this week, as you've just heard i'm joined by mobile syrup telecom and news editor rose bihar rose hi very nice to be here one of my last appearances Shh. <laughs> we'll get to that next week we also have him making his triumphant return to the podcast ben ben class uh ben welcome back and thanks again for joining us and bearing with us through everything howdy i'm glad to be here uh we also have staff reporter samir chabra helping out with recording duties this week samir thank you so much He's giving a thumbs up. Not that that makes for great radio. <laughs> he is not mic'd, but he will have a lot of silent opinions. Indeed. <laughs> um, and there are many opinions to be had because so much has happened in our two-week absence. I think the best place to start is with the most recent news, however, which is um, P- Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, um, presumably coming back from a trip where he spent some time with his friend, the Aga Khan, decided to do a cabinet shuffle. Um, and uh, Melanie Jolet is no longer the um, Minister of Canadian or uh, Canadian Heritage. Instead, who do we have uh, now, Rose? Remind me of his we name. We have, um, his last name is Rodri- uh, Pablo Rodriguez. Pablo Rodriguez. Yeah. If you haven't seen a picture of Pablo, Pablo Rodriguez, excuse me, he has a fine do. Um, and he just, he's a handsome man. He's a handsome man. If there's someone I want representing Canadian Heritage, he seems like the person. Uh, ben, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the shuffle? Well, I don't uh, I, I, I don't know uh, anything about uh, Mr. Rodriguez, but I'm uh, wishing him good luck because it's a tough file. And I think that uh, unfortunately, Melanie Jolie was not really able to uh, to wrangle it under, under control. Um, she made some pretty big promises uh, coming out uh, the gate as the Minister of Heritage. You know, the, uh, the sort of famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it, everything's on the table mm-hmm. uh, review. Um, but I, I think Kate Taylor from the Globe and Mail had a spot-on uh, analysis that basically came to the conclusion uh, that Melanie Jolie, she was not able to be effective. I think her, her, her policy problems wound up being a bit schizophrenic in terms of uh, trying to uh, cater to, uh, I think, the consumer interests as, at the same time as going back and forth on the ISP tech. So I, I, you know, I'm wishing uh, good luck to Mr. Rodriguez as he moves forward. Um, and I think one other thing about the cabinet shuffle is I was glad to see that uh, Navdeep Baines is staying in charge of uh, the telecoms file at uh, I said uh, Innovation Science and Economic Development because I think he's been he's been capable and to, to switch that position out at this time would uh, would be a big setback for internet and mobile uh, policy walks and consumer more generally. Um, 
Rose, before I ask you your opinion, just to contextualize it, is it, I think, do we perhaps put too much onus on the one minister? Uh, I feel as if in this situation, she kind of got marching orders from Justin Trudeau, and this is more like the schizophrenia that is inherent in the modern liberal party, which is all about, you know, appealing to corporations and then trying to be this centrist party that it just doesn't know which way it wants to go. Yeah, I would say she was very in line with the Liberal Party's overall agenda of working with big business and trying to cut deals rather than trying to be extremely regulatory. Um, so I think that, you know, what she did with her, her sort of deal with Netflix made a lot of sense in that uh, context, but did very, I think many people were upset and, you know, definitely I amongst them was just the fact that, you know, rather than doing anything to protect our interests uh, in terms of Canadian content, um, they made a sort of hazy deal with Netflix and actually misrepresented what it was when it was initially announced. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that she left a jolly little mess, as you might say. Whoa. (laughs) French language puns. This is... This is the level of discourse we have here at Mobile Syrup. Um, so, Ben, when we initially pitched you uh, on the idea of this podcast, uh, it was a busy week in which, and uh, just give me a second while I summarize all this, uh, Bell increased its overage rates to um, uh, $0.10 cents per megabyte, which equates to about $100 per uh, gigabyte, effectively. They then, uh, Bell just, I guess, decided to just go full Bell, and they increased the cost of its unlimited Canada and U.S. calling plans. And then I think the most interesting of the kind of, or maybe not most interesting, but it was the one I think we expected for a long time, which was that Bell MTS uh, announced that it will no longer offer unlimited flat rate data plans to new customers. Um, Ben, you specifically wrote, uh, along with your uh, PhD advisor, you two wrote uh, a piece when the uh, Bell MTS uh, merger was correct me if I'm wrong, first announced or when it went through that uh, essentially this is, it's easy to forecast what's going to happen with this and that is that prices are going to rise. Yeah, so uh, my supervisor, Dwayne Winsick, and I prepared a report. Uh, the Competition Bureau had to review this merger and the Competition Bureau is the, the federal uh, uh, agency that um, takes care of the Competition Act. So it looks at big mergers, it looks at the effects on marketplaces of uh, you know behavior of these types of companies uh, and so they were re- while they were reviewing this merger uh, sort of strangely the CRTC doesn't have much of a role in terms of uh, looking at this type of thing they mm-hmm. did have to approve the transfer of the broadcast license but the the review of the telecom stuff mainly falls to the competition bureau uh, which I think is un- you know unfortunately a somewhat under-resourced part of the government um, they're looking at a lot of different files at the same time uh, and so anyway, we prepared a report and submitted it to them that uh, was basically pointing out that the marketplace in Canada is already highly concentrated. Um, there's only a few companies controlling most of it, that the provinces of Manitoba and Saskatchewan in particular have been held up as these examples of what independent competition, especially in the wireless space, can bring, right? Because Saskatchewan and Manitoba, as you probably know, uh, are some of the, the only places in the country that have these unlimited data plans. Um, the rates there are also much lower. I think at the time they're about 30% lower than they are everywhere else. And so we basically just pointed out and said, hey, look, uh, if you look at the provinces where you haven't got this strong independent fourth 
carrier, the prices are much higher, the offers are much more limited, and if you allow this merger to go through, that's what we're going to expect to see in Manitoba. And so here we are about a year, Bell, as part of their merger promise, they wouldn't raise the prices or do anything like that on wireless service for a year, and here we are just a little over a year, and of course they're, they're making good on that promise to have waited that long to do it. Right, and we should contextualize this uh, in the sense that in the same week, two studies came out. The first one found that among wireless uh, data users across the world, Canadians use the least amount of data. And the second uh, found, and it's quite uh, interesting to see this study in the context of, you know, Rogers announced its Q2 earnings report uh, this morning. And, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to guess that earnings revenue was up. Uh, anyway, the study found that Canadian uh, carriers generate the most money on the least amount of usage. Um, so, <laughs> I love it. I think that's great. Yeah, that's, that's my opinion. In case you want to hear it, uh, that sounds right. That so, sounds I mean, good is, for the consumer. Really, it's really relatively basic um, economics. Okay, you know the price prices are high, demand is low. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I mean. This is a case where um, where the carriers have pricing power, and I mean, as a result of this merger, the Competition Bureau they actually did an analysis that found that markets that don't have this strong fourth competitor are not competitive. That the big carriers have collective market power, which is a, a, a technical term, which means that collectively they can raise the price above what it would be in a competitive level without suffering the type of uh, loss of customers that they would if the market was more competitive. And so, basically, what we have here is the Competition Bureau. Uh, acknowledging that this market is controlled by a small group of very large firms who have the power to control prices in the long term, uh, that they do in fact exercise this power, but then not do anything about it. And the result that we we have here, and I mean, they didn't do nothing. They they tried to bring in ExploreNet, which still hasn't launched service and is you know theoretically going to be doing something at all. But on a very basic economic level, I mean, this is what we're seeing. We have. The uh, raising of the rates by I think about five bucks, and I'll, you know I don't think it'll be too long before the other carriers follow follow along. The removal of unlimited options, so people are forced down into these metered services, and the raising of these uh, overage caps, you know, which over I mean, if you look at the carrier's cost that the CRTC has uh, has approved for the wholesale roaming service, they estimate that the long term cost of a megabyte, and this is just an illustrative example, is about. Um, 0.13 cents, I think it is. Zero point. Uh, in any case, what it works out to about $13 per gigabyte. So, so if the carrier charged $13 for every gigabyte, that would cover all their long-term costs, you know. And uh, and what did you say? $100 now. They there's no relation to the cost. They can just make up whatever price they want. And if they're not making up enough money, making enough enough money off these overage fees, then they just raise them up a bit, you know. Hmm. Um, Rose, what do you think is, um, so friend, I, let me like contextualize this in the sense that, uh, so friend of the podcast, uh, and someone everyone knows here, Peter Nowak, he did multiple CBC interviews in which he basically advised Canadians to move to Saskatchewan to get more affordable, uh, data plans. Let's say, um, for whatever reason, you can't move to Saskatchewan. What is, I think, uh, what is the practical I think, uh, or the most practical suggestion you would give to Canadians at this point before we move on to kind of the bigger picture questions. I mean, apart from uh, something that we've discussed plenty on the podcast, which is, uh, you know, haggling over the phone for extended amounts of time. One thing that you could try just sort of out of the box would be to, uh, you know, get 
a Quebec plan or get a Saskatchewan plan, uh, which is not impossible. You just have to go to Red Flag Deals or one mm-hmm. of those forum sites and see how other people are doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, and, and I know that's not, that's kind of cheating, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the the pricing, well, that's not fair either. So mm-hmm. you could try that out. Right. And uh, Ben, in your context, uh, I recall reading your, you and your partner managed to get um, uh, a better plan just by living in Ottawa. Is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'll just add on to what, what mm-hmm. Rose has said. And I've, a lot of people have been contacting me mm-hmm. uh, in the past year or so asking for advice and, you know, ranging from my parents to uh, to colleagues and uh, and acquaintances and so on that I met on the internet. And I think I've developed, uh, you know, Ben Class's patented three-step uh, method. Let's hear it. Bill. You know, I think it's, it requires people uh, to, to monitor what's available in the market. So I'll just give you an example. My sister was paying 100 bucks for a mobile plan. Uh, she lives in Vancouver. Uh, she was paying 100 bucks for her mobile plan and uh, was complaining about it to me. Well, I went and looked at the website and saw that actually her same carrier was offering that same plan for less money, I think about $30 less per month, but she was continuing to pay $100 for it, right? So step number one is to monitor what's available in the market, okay? Uh, and you have to look at what, uh, you know, what the promotions that come on are. And when you find something that's better, regardless of which care is offering, you call up and you ask your carrier to match that plan. Okay, that's step number one. If they're going to give you a runaround, they'll put you on hold. They'll give you a couple chances to hang up, you know. But you have to firmly uh, identify what the plan is and uh, insistently, firmly, but politely um, request that your carrier give you that plan. If they don't give it to you right off the hop, then you threaten to leave. And uh, at that point, they'll either transfer you to a person or they'll, uh, you know, who can offer you a better deal, or they'll give you, um, uh, you know, what you what you're asking for. Basically, and that's step number one is to monitor the deals to make sure that you're, you know, uh, getting the best thing that's out available out there, whether it's from your own provider or otherwise. Step two, call up and threaten to leave. But here's the great part because step number three uh, is that you don't actually have to leave because of the way that the regulations have been set up. Uh, if your carrier doesn't give you the deal that you're looking for, you can go to, you know, the, the wireless kiosk across the hallway in the mall. Uh, or you can call out the other carrier and you can say to them, hi, you know, I see you're offering this deal, I'd like to switch, and you'll get to keep your own phone number. They'll close your account at the other carrier as long as it's in good standing. You know, they, uh, they'll, they'll give you your phone number, they'll give you that deal, and there's you know, very little sort of friction these days in switching, right? So it's like you can play a game of chicken on the phone with your carrier, but you never actually have to swerve because you, don't actually, you can threaten to cancel without actually having to do it on the spot. So wait for the patent on uh, Ben's patent and <laughs> how to get a better deal. Um, do you think these two, uh, starting with you, Rose, uh, do you think these studies and this kind of recent uh, shuffle are going to prompt the C- or I said, excuse me, uh, to issue further instructions to the CRTC beyond what we've seen them do already? I, I'm not sure how much more they can really do at mm-hmm. this point. Um, you know, at this point, we're looking into aggressive sales practices. We're looking into low-cost data-only plans. We're looking into, uh, you know, reviewing the whole, uh, reviewing the policy for the the Telecom Act. Um, so it's there's a I'm I'm not exactly sure how much more they're going to be able to do. So I would say I'm not expecting anything more really at this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Ben? 
Well, I mean, I, yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of balls being juggled in the air right now, but I think that the really big one is the Telecommunications uh, Act review. And while there's been a lot of focus on the Broadcasting Act, you know, is Netflix going to uh, going to contribute? Is our ISPs going to have to pay tax? I think really the the sort of elephant in the room that's not nearly as sexy as the content issue is the Telecoms Act. The reason it's so important is because telecoms industry is worth you know worth more than twice as much. There's way more money changing hands here, and uh, things like cell phones, internet access, and telephone lines, it's an inter it's an input, it's an intermediary good, it's an input into all economic activity in Canada. And when the act, as it stands right now, was written, it was in the 1990s when policymakers and lawmakers were really high on this idea of market forces, you know, letting the market rip, taking their hand off the wheel. And I think the past 30 years uh, of experience have shown uh, that the there's there's an appropriate and ongoing role for the state and especially the CRTC to play in making sure that these markets are serving the people and the businesses that they're supposed to be because the companies on their own do things like charge $100 for a gigabyte just because they can, right? And they, they do things like not serving rural areas. So it makes it harder to run a business if you can't get mobile service for your customers and employees. And everything, right? So as they're rewriting this, I think what they really need to do is have broader recognition for that ongoing role, making it easier for CRTC to intervene quickly and in uh, sort of flexible and adaptable ways, rather than just saying, let's rely on market forces to the maximum extent feasible. Let's say, uh, have more of a consumer and a citizen uh, orientation to this law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, when is, so um, please educate me, when is this supposed to like when are they supposed to kind of enact anything is are we going to see something happen before the 2019 election or is that going to happen after because you know like as we've seen here in ontario um you know a change of government uh, i just fear that you know there is a possibility of a conservative government coming into power and then just you know not being in favor of putting forward more consumer protections into the Telecommunications Act. Yeah, so I don't see this as a partisan issue. Because mm -hmm. if you remember that the, the Harper Conservatives leaned fairly heavily on bringing these companies to heel, you know, in terms of mm -hmm. lowering the wrong rates, no Netflix stuff. And I mean, I think that, you know, I'm not, I'm not really going to predict what's going to happen in the next election. But I think regardless of whichever party gets in, they're not going to say, okay, we're going to let these telecom companies do whatever the heck they want now, right? It's a pocketbook issue for everyone. Mm -hmm. well, that's number one. But uh, so the state of play right now is that there's been an expert review panel convened. So uh, they're going to start consulting with the public in September, uh, you know, academics, the public, industry, and so on and so forth. And I believe that they've been re requested to, uh, to submit an interim report, so like an initial preliminary report in February of next year. Uh, with a full, a full report to follow and follow. Is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so in any case, before Parliament goes up for the summer. Um, yeah. And so what that means is basically that they're going to have a document guiding the legislative review uh, ready to go for the fall session of Parliament. 
um, meaning that we won't see any actual legislative action until uh, the next government is formed. But uh, that being said, we'll have some ideas about the contours of the debate uh, around this time next year. I mean, you know, I, I semi-agree, but I do think that Jean-Pierre Blay was a bit of a surprise. I, I remember at the time that he was appointed, they did think he was going to be uh, a little more in line with uh, industry desires. So I'm not entirely sure, you know, and now we see like, you know, in the U.S., uh, a very Republican government bringing in, uh, you know, an FCC head who is really against net neutrality and very, um, very, you know, to, to put it crudely, very in the pocket of the telecom. So I, I would probably agree with Igor that there's a bit of reason for concern. I'm not I'm sure I think it's a bit more of a partisan issue than uh, than maybe it, it seems to be. Well, but Blaine was Blaine was appointed by um, Stephen Harper. Yeah. So and there's I mean there's two there's two issues right there's um, the the legislative review is controlled much more by um, the political parties. But the CRTC, uh, once those people are appointed, they're not voting on party lines in the same way as they do do in the states. So I mean it, well I guess we can have we can have a, a, a sort of um, reconvene this podcast once we have to review it. Definitely will be interested in, in uh, you know staying in touch with you folks on how this all shakes out. Right. Yeah. Perhaps I shouldn't say partisan, but just to the extent that um, generally you know the conservative party is a little more interested in business and a little more uh, is sympathetic to business. Um, Rose, uh, just continuing on that theme, you know, this morning we had obviously, as I said, Rogers second quarter results. And one of the things that um, Joe Natale talked about was the company's investment in 5G. Um, I think, you know, this is something that we're going to be hearing a lot more about for obvious reasons in the coming uh, months and years. Um, And what does it mean for consumers in terms of this issue that we're talking about affordability? So it's interesting with 5G. the carriers are going to spin it as this is a huge investment, and it is. It mm-hmm. is a massive investment, but the massive investment will bring incredible cost efficiencies. That is something that they've built into 5G. It's not just you know this absurd new technology that is just always going to cost more. There's there's also in, uh, efficiencies built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I talked to an analyst at IDC. They said they were expecting it actually to qu- cost. Uh, much less to operate 5G networks once that becomes more ubiquitous. So, um, you know, it, it's difficult to decipher the truth of how much it will cost carriers because they're going to say one thing mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to tell, you know, they're going to tell you that it costs them this much more to provide service to Canadians, but they're not really going to want to talk about any cost savings. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps they will to their investors. Perhaps we'll get a little bit more of that. But it's um, it's going to be difficult for to see that uh, transparently. But I think, in actual fact, you know, they they tend to inflate uh, how much this is going to put a burden on them. Uh, one issue we have in Canada is um, actually. Let me just backtrack. You know, without getting too technical. 5G is built on these millimeter wave frequencies, um, and they're not great for uh, propagating signal across vast distances, right? Um, They're much better in dense urban centers like Toronto, and then specifically within kind of buildings 
like um, the ACC, or I should say formerly the ACC, now the Scotiabank Arena. Um, and the reason I say this is, uh, bring this up is, um, LTE service is great in Toronto. It's great in Vancouver. It's great in Montreal. Where it's not, where we see consistently this gap is in rural parts of um, uh, Canada. And do you foresee that um, kind of widening the digital gap uh, in Canada? Um, and then Ben, I don't know how much you know about technology, but feel free to pitch in. Okay, so I should note that a millimeter wave is really important for um, the very, very high throughputs um, that we expect to see with 5G. But you can do 5G without millimeter wave. You're just not going to see like multi gigabit per second connections mm -hmm. at the peak. You're going to see like a gigabit per second, um, which is still much better than what we have. Um, but you're right that I think... 5G, there's not much um, there's not much hope that it's really going to fix any digital divide. It is as particularly uh, surrounding millimeter wave, that means that the highest speeds will be seen in dense urban areas. and that's that's just the truth of it. But the one thing that you can kind of look to for a little bit of hope is wireless to the home mm -hmm. and using um, you know 5G wireless to the home uh, devices, instead of um you know instead of cable internet or a uh, fiber internet for uh for people to be able to get faster connection speeds at their homes um i know coming from rural new brunswick that i was always able to connect much much faster using my cellular phone rather than using the uh i think it was ExploreNet internet that we had at home so there is some opportunity there, but other than that, yep, no, it's it's still going to be a, a large digital divide when it comes to the speeds that people see in the city versus rural areas. As I mentioned, Ben, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know, it's that, that developing improvements in technology and it, creating innovations that result in cost efficiencies is important. Mm -hmm. um, the, the carriers are going to be implementing the, the network side of these things. The technology is going to be coming from third parties uh you know but so i think it's important to to keep those those particular issues um separate and i mean i'm looking right now at a chart of the uh of my own data for um the wireless market and you know i'm looking at between 40 and uh nearly 50 percent profit margin adjusted uh ebit margin that is uh for all three of the national carriers from 2007 to 2016 consistent profit of uh, you know north of forty percent up to nearly fifty percent for the last ten years. You know I'm looking at the capital expenditure it goes it goes up and down uh, depending on you know the spectrum that's been purchased, how you measure it, and so on. So I mean I think that the the argument that these carriers are always using about investment allow us to uh, allow us to charge whatever we want because we need to make massive investments. It's more political than it is grounded in. Uh, any sort of a, a rational or objective economic assessment of these issues. Now, the fact of the matter is we have a variety of large carriers who are earning a tremendous uh, amount of money and they're earning very, very healthy, more than healthy, I'd say monopoly profit margins on a retail service, but there's only so much market in Canada, right? So to me, what I'm looking at from the perspective of 5G is uh, these carriers are looking at the ways to expand their market. Right? It's similar, similar to the way that TELUS is trying to get into health, and that you see Rogers trying to get into banking. 
right? They, they recognize that there's an, a, a ceiling on how much money they're going to be able to make off uh, their mobile customers, which is very lucrative, but they do see Videotron and Shaw coming in, as you'd expect in the market where there's monopoly profits, you'd expect people to enter and try and cut, undercut to get a share, right? So for 5G, for me, really what it is is a horizon of trying to capture these new markets, new types of devices, Internet of Things and stuff. It's all just uh, corporate executive speak for uh, expansion and future growth opportunities. Definitely. The IoT, just this morning on the earnings call, uh, Roger CEO Joe Natale said that he expected to see um, IoT devices in the home going from 10 devices per home to 50 and not too soon in the future either. So they're def they see a huge uh, opportunity with IoT, I think. Um, lastly, because Samir is gesturing at me with the time, uh, any like, are you hopeful going forward uh, that we'll see some kind of uh, something done to address uh, affordability in Canada? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think what what the ISED has done in sending back some decisions and sort of prompting the CRTC um, is is having some effect. Just today, we saw Freedom Mobile, in a smart move, come out with essentially what are low-cost data-only plans, even though they didn't have to. Only Bell, Rogers, and TELUS, of course, were mandated to, to propose those plans. Um, and there's a $25 plan with one gig of data, which is better, I think, than anything that Bell, TELUS, or Rogers proposed. So, you know, that's... And that was obviously based off of this whole decision of, of you know, requiring Bell, Tullis, and Rogers to suggest these plans. And I believe it will probably prompt the big three to act. I mean, 25 bucks for one gig, that's, that is actually a lot closer to a true low-cost, high-data plan. Even though it's only one gig, it's a lot better one than like the 300 megs that they were offering. So, you know, there's hope. Ben? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with, with Rose on that. You know, I mean, I think that it's just important to keep in mind that you hear a, a lot of the time these uh, executives at these uh, the established uh, incumbent companies complaining, oh, we don't want to give handouts to companies like Shaw and Videotron. But if that's what it takes to get that type of competition in the market, uh, then I say that that's what we need. You know, it, it highlights the ongoing role uh, that the government and these companies have in constituting the market, right? Because you wouldn't have Shaw, you wouldn't have a market for wireless service unless you had the government giving out spectrum to people, right? And so I think it's just going to take uh, consistency and a, um, a sort of a willingness to keep the, the rudder uh, having the ship steer forward. Sorry, that's about the worst uh, worst metaphor you could possibly have. You know, you, I, that's, I, I'll come back to this. I think it's important to have that deep gains in there. Because as Rose mentioned, you know, he's been willing to send decisions back to the CRTC been pushing forward with this uh, with this agenda to get more competition in the market. I think so long as they keep doing that and we don't go back to the type of business that was taking place in the mid-90s and the early 2000s, uh, that we'll, we will see improvements like that. Uh, last but certainly not least, uh, we have our shout-outs. Ben, last time you uh, we had to rush our conclusion, so you didn't get a chance to send out a shout-out. Uh, so we'll get Rose to start one just so you can get a feel for the format and then uh, you can give us yours. Okay, and mine will be a little bit unorthodox, but bringing it back to what I said uh, earlier this episode, I mm. want to shout out to all the listeners 
and all the readers of Mobile Syrup because I'm not going to be here much longer, but thank you for making my time here so interesting and so challenging. It's so great. You know, some of our readers, some of our podcast listeners are extremely challenging. You've mm-hmm. challenged me. And that's fantastic. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be real about it. You know, we have this like back and forth uh, relationship. And I think that's really what makes mobile syrup really good um, is that people are involved and people care. And this is an issue worth caring about. We, we were, we're talking about these wireless pricing all the time, and it's because people can't afford it and because they should be able to afford it. And so I'm really glad that I've been able to you know, be on this podcast so many times talking about this subject and and dedicate uh, quite a bit of time to writing about it. But I am on to the U.S. shortly. So, Well, I was just going to shout out a book, but I can't do that now. <laughs> uh, so my shout out goes to you, Rose. Thank you for being such an amazing colleague, someone I've learned so much from. Uh, we will miss you dearly here at Mobile Syrup and we wish you the best of luck in the U.S. Now, I will say she'll probably be back next week, so we'll have to do all of this just again. In, just in case I wasn't going to be next week, I had to say it. All right. Uh, ben, I know we've set a terrible example, so please give us your shout out. Well, for sure. Well, I just will say, Rose, I'm interested to hear, hear more about what you're going to be doing, so I'll be looking forward to uh, finding out about your future moves. That's a mini shout out to Rose. <laughs> and I'm also going to, uh, to give a shout out to my sister, Rebecca, who just came in third in a uh, Olympic length triathlon in wow. Vancouver. So uh, yeah, she's a boss for sure. She is. Holy crap. That's amazing. Shout outs to Rebecca. Um, ben, where can people find you on the internet? Well, I'm at Ben Class on Twitter. And that's probably the best way to do it. Many hot takes to be seen and read. Rose, where can people find you? They can find me at Rose Bahar and uh, on Mobile Syrup for now. I'm at Igor Bonifacic. And uh, as a thank you to our wonderful podcast producer this week, I will mention to check out Viewer Experience, which is the podcast that Samir creates for us. Uh, This month's episode, we took a look at uh, Tao, which is a trash movie, but uh, we did it as much justice as we could, Samir and I. Um, So please check that out. I'm at Igor Bonifacic on ads, excuse me, on Twitter. Um, that's I-G-O-R-B-O-N-I-F-A-C-I-C. You can also find uh, everyone's work here at mobilesyrup.com, uh, which is a website, in case you didn't know, about Canadian telecom and tech news. Um, thank you so much, Ben, for joining us. It is always such a pleasure to have you. Hey, that's great. Thanks a lot for having me. It's great to chat. Um, and we will catch you all next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.